Welcome, welcome to the 23rd episode of your favorite music podcast, The New Song, with me, Pontus the Wolf, in collaboration with ACOS. Today's episode will be presented completely in English, and the reason for that is, as you know, that I have my first international star to be a guest of the show. She is an amazing Australian singer and songwriter, and she goes by the name of Starly. She's just recently released her second single called Touch Me, which we will dive into deeply in just a few moments. Please make sure to rate or review the podcast at your favorite podcast service. That'll help a lot. Our guest of the day was just about to quit music altogether when she happened to write the electronic dance hit Call On Me, which has been streamed almost 500 million times on Spotify. I met her backstage in Stockholm just a couple of weeks ago when she participated in the Swedish show Sommarkrisse at Granalund. Check out her performance on Call On Me and Touch Me at tv4.se. And now we want to dive right into the depths of the creation of her latest single Touch Me with the artist herself, the energizing, born and raised Australian singer, songwriter and wonderful performer, Stolly! Hi! Welcome! Thanks so much. Finally. <laughs> How do you enjoy Sweden? So far it's been amazing. I haven't gotten to do a lot of things. But, I see. Um, I've just been working, but um, mm. I've had some really good food since I've been here. Uh-huh. And this morning um, they invited me, the label got some people to take me to the gym at this special gym where I had a personal trainer. Oh. And uh, it was like a bougie dream, gym. I don't know if you guys know what bougie means. But no, it's, tell me. It's like a really high end and uh-huh. very, uh, you know, basically probably only rich people go there i've never seen a gym like that right and there's like perfume <laughs> there's chanel perfumes and all types of hairsprays right, in right, locker yeah. rooms and uh so all the things you need for keeping in like, shape yeah, yeah i guess so and uh deodorants <laughs> and whatever else you need but um it was a really good gym session and it was very intense and the guy used to be in the army so oh. he really pushed me hard i was gonna throw up <laughs> but uh, he put me on the floor and he said, okay, breathe in, breathe out. Then he gave me some exercises so I didn't, so I wasn't going to be sick. Um, uh-huh. But it was great. Very intense. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so that's I'm what I've experienced of Sweden experience. so far. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're also my first international star. Oh, uh, so this is my first uh, English interview. Oh, but awesome. So this is very special and fun for me as well. Oh, that's amazing. Well, uh, you speak very well. So oh, I thank you. Know. Well, um, we uh, we tend to do that, or mm. we we practice a lot. Swedish mm. is, is very sort of influenced from uh, US you know, and yeah. UK, yeah. And of course, Australia. Hope or, so. <laughs> hope we get a. We're little, looking into that. Get, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, we're here backstage uh, at the Granalund mm-hmm. in Stockholm, where you've just performed. You've been the sort of main act for uh, Sommarkrisset. Sommarkrisset. Yeah. yeah, it's it's mm. quite a strange one, but yeah. I, I suppose it's it's work at the office. Hmm. For you, yeah. I mean, I with these things, I never know what to expect, mm-hmm. and uh, it was interesting. It's a I was getting the picture that it was a very family orientated show and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And um, I was going to wear high heels, and I switched it to sneakers, and uh, it was a, it was a good day. I, I enjoyed it. Um, it looked very good. Thank you. I love the performances. Thank you can you so watch much. them, of course, online uh, okay. afterwards and all that. Cool. Uh, but it, you sang great. It sounded absolutely perfect. Uh, but it's it's also fun to uh, to uh, perform at a um, at an amusement park. 
Yeah. That's um, not something you do every day. No, it was quite um, energetic from the moment uh-huh. I walked in here from this morning. Uh, yeah. I think we walked in here midday, actually. Right. And um, just a lot of energy. So yeah. uh, it was fun. I've never done that before. And as soon as I walked in this building and seen the plaques of uh, like the little um, pictures of people that had performed here yeah, in the yeah. past, and I've seen Jimi Hendrix and I've seen Bob Marley and Lady Gaga and yeah. people that I I look up to a lot. I yeah, was, Elton John played Elton here last week. John, so it's uh, Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I've seen so many people, so I thought, wow, like it's Mm -hmm. it's really special for me because I've only released two songs so far, Mm -hmm. and I'm already here, and it's just like, uh, you know, it has been a long time in the making, but to be an artist, I've only just become an artist last year, so it's a it's a really big change for me. Yeah, it's amazing. And you performed uh, both both of those songs tonight. We're going to speak in depth of one of them, Mm -hmm. Uh, "Touch Me," of course, Mm -hmm. your latest single. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I, I feel that we can't. Just overlook the old one. Yes, <laughs> as of course well. not. Yeah, um, it's it's been an amazing year for you, I suppose. Mm. Um, breaking through every every chart there is. Yeah, uh, it's been streamed half a billion times, including yes. the remixes and all of that. Yes, it's quite a neat number. Yeah, half a <laughs> <Is> billion, <it? laughs> just half a bill. Yeah, is it how is it hard to fathom just? Uh, yeah, um, what that means. Yeah, it it is really amazing when I come to these different regions and I see how far this song has reached Mm -hmm. from my bedroom, you know, uh, from the inception of the song in my parents' house Uh and how (laughs) far it's traveled and how many hearts it's touched and stuff like that. It's just, yeah, mind-blowing and overwhelming. But it's cool. It's like the old-fashioned way where music comes first and then... You introduce yourself it's like true. I'm the one who wrote that song, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think you could see it in the eyes of the audience as well. Mm. They're not a hundred percent sure who, who you I are. Am. Yeah, they're not but, familiar with. But me. when they hear, hear the opening chords, they yeah. sort of like click. <laughs> yes, it's so true. It happens all the time. Uh-huh. Um, so I recently went on tour with Clean Bandit, mm-hmm. and uh, we toured in North America. And Zara Larson was also on that tour. She was the opening act. I was the first of three. Right. So I was doing a six-song set. And I would go through my five songs Mm -hmm. um, and the last song would be Call On Me. So I'd have to win over these audiences every night because I'd be doing all these songs. They had no clue. There were songs that I'd written that Mm. I haven't uh, put out yet. And uh, they were enjoying themselves, but they had no idea. Right. I was the one that sung Call On Me. And when the music came on, <laughs> you could just see that's like you said, the switch in their face mm-hmm. and their eyes. And, oh, my God. And I'd see sometimes they turn to their friends and say, oh, my God, that's her. <laughs> Why didn't you and, tell uh, me? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it was brilliant. It was such a good feeling uh, to see the reaction on their faces. Mm-hmm. And they'd just join along singing and stuff. And uh, oh, there was always a particular part of the song where the drop hits and I would put the, the mic out and I'd hear everyone singing back. And Lovely. one place in particular was in New York, the show that we did there and the crowd was so loud and mm. it was like at one point I wanted to cry I think I cried a little bit and mm. I but I had to hold it together to, to actually get through the song but um, yeah it's amazing fantastic mm. uh, we enjoy it so much here Thank as well um, I, I, I usually ask this of, of all my guests to um, to put a, a bit more schwung into the uh, sort of entrance of the or the beginning of the interview mm. uh, I asked them to um, to choose a an applause or a, a a cheer of some sort, mm. which I could put in. Mm. Do you have Do you have some idea what I can? Uh, I think I want to like, 
Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something like really that. tribal one. <laughs> yeah. The ones that you see at a um, at a boxing match when people scream like that. Yeah, hoo, yeah. Hoo, hoo. Uh, yeah. I think yeah, it's you cool. did a bit of boxing here backstage before. Was um, that kickboxing? Oh, I, no, I, I was just telling sure. Alyssa, my manager, um, what the guy taught me this morning at the gym. I see. Because yeah. I'm not a big boxing person, but she loves boxing. And okay. I was telling her, you would have loved this guy because he was making me kick him. And I had no protection. And he had no protection. And he huh? said, go harder. And I was trying to just be a little bit soft because it hurts me too. And <laughs> <laughs> wanted me to kick him hard so it was part of the training i guess and the the that kind of um connection like between yeah, cool. yeah between the bodies hitting mm-hmm. each other the the muscles mm-hmm. was what gets the workout i guess so uh yeah he wanted it's me pretty to cool go yeah. yeah pretty intense <laughs> things you do in the morning yes <laughs> <laughs> so uh we're gonna dive into uh the the depths of your new song touch me mm-hmm. uh but just for for the uh, audience's sake we're gonna put it in right here so okay. they so they have it sort of fresh in their minds yes so here here it comes touch me if the energy is right just come my way baby touch me so nice won't be in vain yeah i can't even lie i'm trying to see could you handle if i gave all in may you've been saying i love for a while now so i hope you're not planning to slow down would you act like there's nobody around you've been saying i love for a while now so i hope you're not planning to slow down we can act like there's nobody around Touch me how I want you to Baby, take your time I'm gonna make this good for you Boy, I'll blow your mind I promise now that I'll be true You're my perfect time So touch me how I want you to Touch me Touch me 
it. Yay. That's a really great tune. Thank you. Uh, your second single to be released in Sweden anyway. Yes. Um, is this your second single as well internationally? Yes, that's my second single across the board. Yeah. Cool. So no pressure following up the old one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think at first I felt some type of pressure, mm-hmm. but Call On Me is a, a very different kind of song. Yeah. And it's this second single is also part of what's going to be a body of work. Right. So I don't, and now I've kind of like let that go a little bit and kind yeah. of just thought, you know what, people need to get to know me. That's the, that's the main point of mm-hmm. uh, releasing more music now because they, I've given them a type of like, what do you call it? Like an instant hit or whatever you want to oh, yeah, call yeah. that. Like a, a very, what DJ Khaled once said when I was in the office with him in Epic, we're mm. both signed to the same label in America. Right, cool. And I walked in and he said, that's a one listen smash. Mm-hmm. And he's like, let me get the handles for that. I want to post on it and whatever. And he loved it. And I guess, yeah, Call On Me is a one listen smash. Huh. Where, and people don't really know who I am, what I look like or anything that goes with me as the person aside from that one record right. once they actually see what I look like. So um, Touch Me is then the next thing to then show people who I am and it's, yeah. it might not be as instantaneously, yo, uh, that thing is like a one listen smash, right. but it's an exciting song and it's fun and it's uh, dance music, which is pretty much primarily what I do. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's a, another new introduction as to another side of me, yeah. aside from Call On Me. Was it written already? Did you have it in your sort of luggage? Touch me? Yeah. Yeah, so mm. Touch Me I wrote uh, pretty much... Mm, I'd say before Call On Me. Okay. Um, and it was a remake of uh, Tell Me by Groove Theory, which is a oh, 90s right. R&B group. <laughs> I um, see, yeah. They had a few songs out, and I think that was their only big hit uh, across ah. in the world. And yeah, you can hear the influence of sort yeah, of it's R&B the, the song chor- music. Yeah, the chorus part, yeah. Um, and then what happened was I was friends with one half of Groove Theory. Mm-hmm. So his name's Bryce, and he's the producer. And he also produced... Um, uh, you're making me high for Tony Braxton. Oh, cool! Amongst another, a much more big hits. But I, he's my friend, and I said mm. to him, "Can I remake your song? Tell me because I love it so much." Oh, beautiful! And he said, "Yes." Um, so I basically got together with one of my friends, Hannibal, who uh, he's not even really super known yet, but he's mm. going to be known. Yeah. Um, he was my mate, and Australian I said, "Australian as well?" No, he's from LA. Okay. And I'd met him randomly through a Facebook friend. And I said to him, uh, I want to remake this song. Let's take a new spin on it and rewrite everything except for the leave the melody of the chorus. And then everything else we're going to flip. So we changed it to Touch Me instead Mm -hmm. of Tell Me. And we changed some of the chorus lyrics. And uh, he played some new chords for me. Mm -hmm. And... I basically wrote the verses and the pre and all that and kind of made it into a different kind of feeling to what the original was. It was wow. way more upbeat. Yeah. Um, and you could feel there was more of a dancey vibe straight off, whereas the original Tell Me is kind of more sultry and uh, very urban. So this was kind of like a little bit of a fresh dance take on it. Cool. Um, That's such a creative then, way. Yeah. Because it's it, almost like sampling. Yeah, but. exactly. Exactly. We we pretty much rewrote most of it except for using that melody and the ideas of what mm. Tell Me was. And and we tried to put our fresh thing because there's no point to me, there's no point in releasing a song exactly how it already was. Because no, it sure, was perfect yeah. as it was. Yeah. So I just kind of wanted to have fun with it. But back then, I wasn't even an art artist. Mm. I didn't know what I was going to do with that song. I thought so that I was, was gonna, more of a hobby yeah, project. I thought, yeah, well, not a hobby, but nah. I thought I'm going to pitch it to other artists. All right, cool. And uh, so we just worked on it and tried to make it cool. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, it wasn't long 
till later and I wrote Calling Me and uh, and when I signed my deal that my mm. dance label said, well, that should be part of your project for sure. That's a that's a smash. Super nice. And, uh, yeah, so that's how it ended up getting to where it was. And I got um, these guys called Monsters and Strangers mm-hmm. and they're producers and they, they actually did a lot of stuff for Zara Larson. They're from oh, right. Miami originally and there's like a whole collective of them. They now live in LA and they did the final production for Touch Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they added some little flavors and a big part of the song that feels the most dancey, which is the drop section, yeah. was made by an Australian guy named Harry Hope, who uh, is a producer and a member of a team called Odd Mob. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know about a song called Into You, which is my first record that I ever jumped on feature. Right, uh, right. They, they actually produced that. So Harry, uh, I sent him the song and he did the drop section for me. And then we got Monsters and Strangers. And, uh, it's <laughs> that's a lot, such it's a, lot, a dynamic. It's a, yeah, yeah. Work. That's how it goes. Yeah. But uh, I'm very uh, picky and I'm very hands-on. So yeah. I know when I how I need something to sound. Right. And if it doesn't have that complete flavor, I'll go mm-hmm. to somebody else and get them to add some flavor. Yeah. And you know, try and make it perfect. So yeah. was this part of the same team that also worked on Call on Me? Or? So Harry Hope um, and the other guy. Well, basically Harry Hope um, worked on Call on Me as well. Mm-hmm. He added some little extra bits that just made it feel a little bit more dancey because cool. they're originally dance producers so and they're from australia and they have a bit of a different ear Mm -hmm. um and then uh a guy named p money who's in new zealand was the one that produced the original version of call on me the reason i'm asking is because i i think they both sound quite similar yeah they're sort of you can notice that this this new song Mm. isn't sort of rushed or stressed into yeah. becoming the second single. Yeah. It it feels it was developed. Yeah. Yeah. But it has the same sort of light touch yes. and spontane spontaneity as yeah. as your first song. Yeah. Uh so I, I think it's really clever how you sort of Thank you. Kept that. Yeah, thank you so much. I think that was the point of uh getting a few different people to try out mm-hmm. which producers could make it feel like that. Yeah. Because it is a mixture of flavors. Yeah. With me, I am I love so many different things. So I can't just have a straight up electronic song mm-hmm. with no live music and no like piano or guitar, nothing acoustic. It would feel strange to me. Yeah. So uh there's lots of things, elements that I think um contributed to my sound and it's basically a whole mishmash of a lot of things yeah um and and not every producer can do that on their own completely it sure. usually takes a couple of different brains yeah and talents and uh, and that's fine I'm, i'm happy with that that's a clever insight to have because sometimes you just sort of trust in one person and then you mm. you won't look outside of the bubble so to oh, speak yeah. yeah i think um for me part of it is having some of the control and that's because mm. i'm a songwriter yeah so because i'm a songwriter i'll make most of it on my own. So with my friend Hector, we mm. write the record. We have control of the record so mm. I can send it to whoever I want and if I don't like what they did, mm. I'll say okay, and let me try someone else. I don't need to keep that that part. Mm. They can give it a go. Um and but luckily enough, I didn't have to send it to that many people. I just right. sent it to Monsters and Strangers and showed them the sound that I was looking for. Yeah. And uh Harry Hope from Odd Mob in Australia made that drop section and mm. I think that was the key element as soon as that drop section was made it kind of uh, dictated where the rest of the song would go yeah. so the drop is the bit that goes 
that bit, he mm. made that bit. So that's, yeah, it kind of dictated the rest of the song was going to mm. feel light and kind of sultry, but also a little bit summery and, uh, you know, it can be part Quite like... contemporary yeah, well. yeah, it could be ca- part Caribbean, uh-huh. part a lot of things. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's cool because uh, it doesn't seem to be made of many parts. It just sort of yeah. blends together very, yeah. very easily. Mm. And I, I also noticed that you have sort of a love of guitars, as yes. you were saying. Yeah. Guitars are featured in, in both of these songs. Yes. Um, how, how did you come up with that? Or are mm. we going to hear more of, of mm. piano, as you mentioned, and mm. different acoustics? Um, I, have, I do have a love of guitar. For some reason, it brings out a sound in my voice that mm. doesn't always come from piano. Right. But... Uh, I don't know. I just have been leaning towards guitar more lately. When I when I wrote Call On Me, mm. um, it was on keys. In my parents' house, I had like a little old keyboard and I wrote it on keys. Mm. I had written that on four chords in, in my bedroom. So I was like, I'm not a good piano player. I play really basic enough mm-hmm. to write a song. I can't even play with two hands. So what I'll do is play chords with one hand, mm-hmm. all the chords, and then I'll play the bass notes with the other hand and record them separately. Nice. So I did that and I made it feel good. And the way I did that was um, the idea for the chord progression came actually from Sam Smith's Stay. All when right. I, it doesn't sound anything like it if you compare them, but the feeling of that gospel feeling. That's yeah, what yeah. I was trying to create. And I, so I just did the four chords and was like, oh, yeah, it feels quite gospel-y. I like this. And um, I already had, and we could talk about that later maybe, but I already mm. had the feeling of, uh, you know, what I was singing about. I didn't realize at the time, but mm. it was in the back of my mind because I was going through some some sad times for myself right, and, yeah. and was struggling with leaving the music industry and I was depressed and all this kind of stuff. So Call On Me was there inside. So when I had played those chords and – played it back to myself i just did a click mm-hmm. and i could feel the tempo of it and um as i was doing that i heard the melody the first melodies of the song and mm. the words of when you're low and your knees can't rise and then i started to sing so um i created that and uh the original chorus was actually um where the end part is in the song and there's this gospel vocals at the end oh, yeah, yeah. with the harmonies, the chorus was actually that. It's oh, like, right. call on me, just call on me, whenever you need me. That was the chorus. You know, you can call me. Um, that was the original chorus. And uh, I basically had my friend play guitar. Right. And I said, can you play me the same chords on guitar? And... Uh, I actually nearly gave the song to someone else. Oh, right. And so my friend played the song on guitar. I, I gave it to someone else to do the vocal. Mm-hmm. I heard his vocal, and I'm not going to say who it is, mm-hmm. but I thought, no, I have to sing this song myself. It's The message is not going to get across. Right. And he was doing it with the old chorus. Oh, right. And then uh, I went back home to Australia, and uh, I, I, I went on a last trip to America, and I came back home to Australia and listened back to the guitar version again. And uh, I started to sing the high, you know, you can call me. Right, cool. The guitar brought that out of my voice. For some reason, I felt like the guitar was so already leaning towards being more up. Uh-huh. And more up. For some reason, it felt more, um, just felt more good feeling than yeah. what the piano felt. The piano felt very melancholic. Right. Whereas the guitar felt a little bit more 
up and exciting hopeful or, yeah, yeah optimistic and mm-hmm. like something else it just brought out something else so i started singing that mm-hmm. high thing and then in the middle when you need somebody in mm-hmm. the middle because i thought i'll go up and down let me see how that goes and then i, I listened back and thought yeah this is catchy this feels really good mm-hmm. and the original chorus wasn't wasn't the whole wasn't how you hear it in the remix it was right. uh um, you know you can call on me when you need somebody. You know I'll be the one you can cling to. Call on me, call on me, darling. So it's like a long uh-huh. chorus, and uh, so after I finished that, I thought, yeah, this is really cool. I think it needs a dance beat. Mm. For some reason, it feels like it needs something more. I don't know how it was going to come together, but I thought the whole song was written on the guitar and I started to send it out for some reason. I thought, okay, I'm just going to send it to everybody I know. Right. And at that point I was ready to quit music. So I thought, let me just give this one last shot and I'm going to send this record to every single person that I know and see if anyone can produce it. Right. And, um, uh, basically one person said, yeah, this is okay. I might give it a shot. Something like that. Um, and one guy named P money from New Zealand heard it and loved it. Mm. And he basically, um, said to me, can you send me the vocals on the same day? He said, can you send me the vocal? And, uh, I said, yeah, I'm out. But when I come home, I'll send you the vocal straight away. Were you living and in London at the time? I was time? in Australia. Oh, in Australia, uh, yeah. I'd moved sure. back home. I was about to quit. So right. it wasn't yeah. like anything that I thought I was going to be in this for a long time. I just thought, let me just give it a shot. Wow. And. Uh, I was already at that time looking up courses to become a personal trainer. I was going to quit completely. Right. And uh, he, he, that same day, without even waiting for me to send back the vocals by itself, he produced a version around the guitar. And that yeah. version was very close to what that final first uh, original version was, mm-hmm. except it was missing some little bits. Um, but when I heard his version back, I, I played it in my, mm-hmm. my car. And at the time, it was my boyfriend's car, actually. And I used to borrow it when I come back to Australia. And I sat in his car, played it, and I started crying because it was really special. I knew that wow, gave me a cool. feeling. Yeah. And I knew, okay, I have to, like, go for this. I have to go for it. It sounds – people need to hear this song. And uh, so I did everything I could to get a little indie deal. Mm. And then uh, get the final parts put in in the right places. So Harry Hope, again, then added some odd mob, basically, mm-hmm. the two guys. They added uh, bits to the, the track to make it feel more dancey because P-Money essentially is a hip-hop producer. Mm. So they added some extra bits to just make it come together. Mm. Um, and, yeah, and I was very particular about my vocal. I guess that's one thing to be said. Um, we, I sung it a little bit slower. I sung it 4, B, 4 BPM slower than the the final version that right. you hear. on the, And then sped it up? And or? then we sped it up, right. yeah. And the reason for that was because I like to sing slower because it adds more emotion when I right. sing slower. Yeah. But then because it's a dance record, I thought, yeah, speed it up. It's fine. We sped it up enough that you don't notice mm. that it's actually sped up. Um, and... So that was that was quite cool, and it ended up sounding really cool, um, and yeah, and we had to mix it a whole bunch of times because a lot of people take out a lot of the bottom end of my voice. Uh-huh. Uh, I use a particular microphone that's very old school, and people laugh at me when they see the microphone I use, but it's an old um, ribbon mic, uh-huh. and 
compared to the new mics that are out now, this is a cheap microphone and it's very old. But for me, it takes capt- the pieces you need. Yeah, <laughs> it captures the lower end of my vocal, which is the part that's really special. Oh, interesting. I'm yeah. not I'm not a huge technical singer. I can't sing like Mariah Carey and hit all these extra high whistling dog right, sure. whistle notes. But I have a quality in my voice that I know people want to hear. So the the radio the mics that people use a lot of the time that go on the radio a lot of those ones take out that depth in my voice Mm. and so this ribbon mic captured that um and so yeah we were very particular about making that vocal perfect how did you come across that was it just Um, plain luck so i had no i had recorded the song three times Mm -hmm. and each time it was getting better the first time was terrible i didn't like the way it was sounding it sounded very thin and tinny Mm. the second time my energy wasn't the correct sound and I thought, no, I've got to do it again. It's, this song is too special for me to just let it go. I, I mm. had this feeling. I don't know. I had a feeling about it. I didn't know what it was going to do, but I mm. knew that I needed to get this right in my, my gut. So then the third time, I got with one of my friends who I'm really comfortable with, who's mm. really good at cutting vocals because he's just very natural with me and he's very fast and he makes me feel relaxed. And we went to Wollongong, which is um, an hour drive from Sydney. And it's a very quiet studio and very relaxed and very down to earth. And uh, one of the guys in the studio actually selected a few different mics for me to try out. Oh, right. And we just tried a few really quickly. And then the, the one he said was sounding the best was the ribbon mic. Right. So that's why we happened to use it. And then me and my friend cut the vocal. And... Uh, did you we, buy it from him? <laughs> I didn't, but, but I can buy I, I use the same one every time right. now. So yeah. I make sure the studios have it. But I'm going to buy one because it's not very expensive. It's, mm-hmm. I, think it's, I think it's $500 or $600 right. for something that I use so much. Yeah. And for the amount of money I've spent renting it, I just need to buy one yeah. by now. <laughs> but, uh, but it's really it, it's cheap compared to the ones that they use for yeah, other sure. people. You know, they uh-huh. use thousands of dollars, uh, expensive microphones. So, um. Yeah, so when we finish the vocal, we make it perfect, and uh, I'm very hands-on. I comp my own vocals with with the engineer. I'll make sure everything is tidy, and uh, yeah, so that's the story of how it came together. And when it was finished, um, I yeah, we were all very happy with it, and I had a gut feeling. I showed my parents, and um, and my parents cried, and mm. we we said, okay, we're gonna go for it. We that's do everything wonderful. as a family. We kind of like encourage each other. So they they said, yeah. Let's do it. Like, yeah. So that's that's inspiring. Just to try around a song. If if it's if it doesn't fit the first time, oh. maybe on piano you should you should try it and in different ways. Go back es- and forth, especially when you have a feeling that it's something special. Yeah. Um, you got to keep trying things. And I'm the type that anyways, I like choice. Mm-hmm. I don't like to just go one way without trying the options because it's music. You know, you got to, yeah. you want a lot of the time, sometimes you get it right the first time, but other times you do need to try different directions yeah. because, uh, you don't know where you'll end up and it's creating. And, and yeah. that's, that's the point. I think yeah. you, you need a sort of self-confidence yeah. for doing that because, oh, for sure. Uh, the the things you're you're talking about, like speeding up your voice and and yeah. using this specific microphone, yeah. um, if you're not confident in it, you might think of that as sort of cheating, yeah, or or doing something not the correct way, yeah. And I think most people struggle with that mm-hmm. and and maybe send their songs away, although they're the ones who're supposed to sing it themselves, yes. yeah. 
so congratulations on on coming a long way. Thank you. <laughs> With yeah, that. thank you so much. I think uh, a lot of the time I am pretty confident now in uh, you know I'm, ne I'm never confident sitting down and writing a song. I think every time is scary, but mm. I'm confident when something has, is coming together. I'm confident that I can articulate myself enough to help whoever's around me in the creating process to mm -hmm. help them continue to search until we find something that feels so, so good. Um, that took a lot of time, you know, because yeah, otherwise you just agree with people because you feel like, oh, okay, I, my opinion doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's my voice. It's my songwriting. It's my words that are going yeah. to be going out there. And if the song isn't supported in the right way, then I'm doing myself an injustice. Yeah, yeah. And I'm also doing those people that collaborated with me an injustice. You know, I have to also let them know where my gut instinct is mm -hmm. telling them to go. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. That's a really good uh, sort of point of view mm. of it all. Mm. So, uh, then comes your next song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you record that after Call On Me? Yes. Or, yes. So, you sort of finished it the yes. songwriting part before your great success and then you finish the song yes. afterwards yes uh, the team was sort of these separate units as well mm -hmm. uh, do you plan on on continuing on, on that route I feel like um, it's kind of working for me right now mm -hmm. um, in the future I would like to find people that I just mesh with that understand me but uh, and that we can finish things from beginning to end with one person but I realize now in the world that we live in a lot of it's collaborative and it just especially with dance music there's so much fusion yeah. that a lot of the time the one person doesn't have all the talents that it takes yeah. to, to get it right and you got to try a few different people and try a few different things um, so yeah I'm looking for those people though that I could write the base of my songs together with mm -hmm. for now because I'm still trying to keep the same feeling for this first project for my album mm -hmm. uh it ends up being that i take chords chord progressions either from my guitarist or i'll play on the piano just some chords or mm -hmm. people will send me different progressions and i'll be writing in my hotel room or something like that and when the song's finished when the idea is finished and fleshed out a bit more yeah. then i will find the producer to do it for now that's how it is because i'm so busy that i haven't yet found those people that i really mesh with in the studio mm. uh, so your yeah. approach is more more like You uh, you make something out of every idea yeah. that you have. Yeah, I think that's well, every, quite cool. Every idea that I every idea that I think is good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will then send that off to yeah. different people to try out different ideas on production, um, and I'll give them I I'll give them like a direction, and then if they can nail it, great. Yeah. If if I feel like they're sort of halfway there then i will go in the studio with them and try and flesh it out with them right. and i'm very hands-on and i've heard from a few people that they like it because i i like to be there and you know and i yeah, like yeah. to tell uh, talk to them and see what they think and try different things with them and then you get a real piece of me in each song hmm. um not just on the writing side but in the production side it's i think it's important yeah yeah and i think that's that's sort of like the opposite of what many artists do that they mm. sort of create 30 embryos or or mm. beginnings of, of songs and then choose like one or two of them mm. uh so this is this sounds more uh economical yeah. <laughs> so you you don't seem to throw a lot of things away oh once, i, once I throw ideas away yeah sure I don't, ideas but if but i yeah if i believe in a song i mm. will push it until mm. it's finished yeah i 
uh, there's some songs that even now I perform that are quite raw. They're not completely produced up yet, uh-huh. but I will perform them that way because I know they're good songs. Mm. And and then I will test out on the crowd too, just to make sure. And I've been doing that on the Clean Bandit tour and things mm. like that. And uh, recently at Pride in America, um, oh, nice. LA Pride, mm. it, it went off like a bunch of the so- new songs that people don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I test them for sure. And then if I if I get that. Uh, um, Solidif- uh, solidifying feeling from the audience that they love it, then mm-hmm. I know 100%, okay, these songs I'm going to complete no matter what. I just need to find the right producers to get it perfect. Nice. So, yeah. So uh, let's, let's talk a little about the, the, the lyrical side of, uh, of Touch Me. Mm-hmm. I, it's it's quite an intense uh, sort yeah. of yeah. <laughs> message. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're really keen on someone. <laughs> yeah, it can be taken in lots of ways. So uh-huh. um, the way that I wrote it as is uh, a lot of the time when you're in a new relationship or an old relationship, the fire can disappear. Yeah. And uh, I think it's like super important that people talk to their partner or their significant other or the person that they're interested in mm-hmm. learn about what that person likes how they like to be touched with whether it's mentally or physically yeah. or something else figure out what their zones are and try to get into their mind and, and try to uh, do things that excite the other person and keep it interesting mm-hmm. so that's what touch me is about um, touch me how i want you to it's like don't just do what you've done for everybody else right do what I want you to do in the way that how we relate to each other and learn about me and learn about each other. I think yeah, it's, it's got really a real cool. double or triple meaning. I mean, yeah. if if you use it in a in a in a mere physical way, yes. uh, it's it's sort of very sensual or sexual. Yeah, gets into that territory. But when, as you say, touch me can be like mentally as well. Yeah, and then it uh, the repetition becomes something else. Yeah, like it's it's sort of searching for someone yeah uh i think that's really neat because cool. it's you can listen to it both ways actually yeah. and and of course um it makes you think like why are these two things called the same thing yeah sort of yeah it's I mean, it's basically i guess uh, the english language is very simple and there's not lots of ways to describe the same thing <laughs> yeah. like t- like love and touching but um it it is true like it's like learn the person's language of love some yeah. people's language of love is gifts and and flowers and things like that like romance or some people like to be physically touched yeah. um there's just different ways um and i think yeah it's important mm. to learn about the person and what they like mm. um that's how a lot of relationships end is like people don't pay attention to each other so yeah, um, sure. it isn't just about physically a sexual touching it's also touching mentally stimulating mm. the person and making the relationship exciting oh yeah very so, much so yeah and since you uh i mean as you change as a person the mm. relationship has to sort of develop come along as well yeah it has to grow and the, the music video i can't talk about it too much but we are about to shoot it in australia oh, nice. and uh the concept is not uh, just blatantly touch me, uh, sexual. <laughs> just hands. You know, yeah, yeah. It's 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 not it's not going to be that because I definitely think it should be wider because yeah. it should be for a wider spread mind. You know, it mm. shouldn't just be something so blatant because that's not my style mm. either. So, you're, yeah. you're already saying that you don't have to show it as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> just add a, add a different uh, dimension to it. Yes.
Uh, do, do you feel that the songs are developing as you're playing them live as well? I think so. Uh, there's a particular song um, called Be Meaning to Tell You that I sing um, in all the different shows that we do. Mm. And uh, it's come a long way. We originally mm. were doing it acoustically because I hadn't had a production for it yet. And then, uh, and so it had a particular chord progression and the way it was played, the structure of the song is different to now where it's ended up. It's mm. a lot more, um, I guess, African leaning it's got like a type of a little bit of an interesting rhythm mm -hmm. and it's very loose now and it's a bit more urban mm. uh it didn't have that in the beginning um so it was a bit more folky mm. i guess uh, guitar wise it sounded more folky so it's developed in a, a lot of ways and i think that was just because of seeing how people reacted and then hearing the guitar and the other style i was like okay i could yeah. see the audience loving this feeding off that because they already love the lyric and melody uh -huh. i know that because yeah. i've i've heard people come back and tell me i love that song when is it coming out but now i know they can groove to it as well and it will fit in my show in the right way it's kind of a mid-tempo and it feels good wow nice so, i'm looking yeah. forward to that one thank you i haven't heard it obviously yeah. <laughs> well i'll tell you a little story um when we went on tour with clean bandit The sound guy every night, his name's Toby, uh, he's really good, really funny guy. And every night he'd do my in-ears and all that. So we became really close. And uh, he told me one day, Starly, you know, uh, the song basically is about somebody that um, I liked. But at first I didn't tell him I liked him. But he told me he wanted to date me. Oh. And I kind of ignored him a little bit because I was busy with work. And yeah, I thought sure. one day I'll, I'll let him know. Do your job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so the next time I was, I was out, I, I thought to myself, I'm going to tell him because I've seen him out. And I thought I'll tell him how I feel about him. But then I seen a girl come up to him who oh, happened no. to be his new girlfriend. And they looked really in love. And uh, so the song ended up coming out. And I wrote it as been meaning to tell you. Wow. And uh, so. Toby, the sound guy, told me, you know, because you've been performing that night, song every night and you've been telling the audience, if you have a feeling about someone, don't miss your opportunity. Go and tell them. Otherwise, you don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. You're going to regret it. He said, uh, um, I called this girl that I like and she lives in, uh, she's in Canada at the moment, but we're going to meet up soon for a date. And it's because of your song. And I oh, thought, that's, shit. that's amazing. So like, <laughs> it's good. You can test it out on the audience and your sound guys. And you know, it was really good because it actually had some type of impact on him. So yeah, it like, sounds like a sick. scene from West Side Story or something. It's, yeah. it's just really, it's amazing what music can do. And it, it definitely. Art influences life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Very, so that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> very particular way. <laughs> So when when can, can we look forward to seeing a, a proper show, a Starly show in, in Sweden? I think not too long away. Um, I'm going to do something uh, in the next few months in mm, Sweden, nice. I'm pretty sure. Um, but a lot of things are waiting to be confirmed, but... Uh, this time was a very brief moment and it was last minute that I'm here. Mm. So it's, I'm so happy I could do this uh, Summer Creset show. But um, we'll be back very soon. And uh, I'm doing a tour that I can't talk about yet, but I'm doing something in the UK. So I'll be back oh, around cool. this way and I'll come and do something in Sweden for sure. And we will announce it so people can 
can make sure that they can buy tickets and have time and all that. Nice. This time was a very brief one. So I apologize to anybody that was super excited to come and see me perform. I just found out it was five times platinum here. So there must be somebody listening to it and somebody yeah. excited. So I, I feel say, bad yeah. because I, I want I want to reach people. I want to sing for them. And uh, so, yeah. Mm. But next time, I'm going to give you a warning. Cool. <laughs> so this is, this is part of your taking over Europe plan, basically. Um, I don't know, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I love being in Europe. I love it. I used to live in London, and yeah. um, I love this this side of the world for sure. Yeah. I like your sort of one man band. He oh. he really takes care oh, of everything. Lucas, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone loves him. Everyone, everyone Sounds loves him. Perfect. I, yeah. Yeah, it's it's it really. I mean, with just one person, you might you might think it's sort of gonna be just a backtrack and yeah. um and sound sort of the same as as on the single oh yeah but i think it it's it's really evolved although it's sort of kept in the same cage yeah so to speak but yeah. it's, it's really cool it adds something and he it's plays really good keys, he plays guitar mm-hmm. he does track um and i guess you guys didn't get a chance to see what my other songs are but they get a little bit rocky mm-hmm. and he does guitar solos. It's pretty intense. Oh, um, cool. And it, it is amazing. Cause yeah, we, we toured with clean bandit, just us two. Um, I have also a drummer mm-hmm. and for the next, when I come to do shows here, I'll bring the drummer as well. So it right. would be pretty fun. And you know, everything will be coming up a level as we're going along. It's starting very small because I'm still new mm-hmm. and I still need to build with the people. And, uh, I can't really afford to bring out, a full band, you know, yeah, yeah. but Lucas definitely does an amazing job and we we're so close because mm. we work together so closely every day. So yeah, it's awesome. He does a great job. Well, uh, on, on the listener's behalf, we're, we're very happy to have gotten to know you better and we look awesome. forward to uh, seeing your show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. All right. Boys and girls, the complete story about the creation of the song Touch Me by Starly. Thank you so much for taking your time to give us this insightful and inspiring story about how you wrote your song. Next week, we'll be back in Swedish with Swedish pop boy wonder Ulrik Munte and his fabulous new single called Coffee in Shanghai. Make sure to tune in next Friday, if for no better reason than to practice your Swedish. Until then, have a nice time and see you later. Bye-bye.